Welcome to the Film Coterie Podcast. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 65 for the week of November the 15th, 2018. Fantastic Beast Part 2 Edition. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Or is it Vald? I'd prefer the alleged crimes of Grindelwald. There you go. But before we get into all that with Fantastic Beasts, what's been happening, Adam? Well, I mean, we do have some sad news this week. Oh, yes. So, we lost Stanley, and we didn't even really know he was sick. It was just in the news all of a sudden that he was gone. Um, If you're not familiar with the name, he's the titan of the comic book world with Marvel Comics, the the founding father of so many characters. Now, not to take away from Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko or, or these other guys, Lee was the face of that. Yeah. And as far as creators go, the only one that's ahead of him in terms of value created from his creations is Walt Disney. No, I, I would agree. Yeah, it's just a sad day. You know, um, he'll be missed. You know, he was he he was kind of the he was the Walt Disney of comic books. You know, he was the one that was the public relations guy and had the magic knew knew how to create the magic sauce, you know, and really sell the product. And, uh, um, you know, I've seen several documentaries about his life and, uh, it is shocking world renowned artists and stuff that would come to New York and do these big shows and art shows and stuff would go hang out with Stan Lee for like two or three days at Marvel studios back in the sixties, you know? Yeah. And, um, just a great cat. I mean, just a super good dude. And he's, you know, he's going to, he, he'll leave a legacy that will last forever, really, you know. Um, and the fans really loved him. He was always great to the fans at conventions. If he was walking the floor, he'd wave, he'd stop to talk. He'd love to hear from kids about their favorite characters. Yep. And you know what was always neat to me is if a young child were always asking him, hey, who would win in a fight, Hulk or Wolverine? He'd engage the kid in that conversation and, and laugh about it and talk yeah. about it and give his own thoughts and, and, quite, and be interested in what the fan thought. And quite often say, exactly, say, well, who do you think would win in yeah. that fight? You know, And why do you think they would win? You know, Kind of a deal. He was just just a great guy. He will be missed, and uh, he's left his mark, and uh, he'll still be showing up in some future Marvel films. Right, Adam? At least Avengers 4. He did film a bunch of cameos all at once during Guardians 2. So we don't know yet if they're going to continue using those cameos. They have said he's going to be in Avengers 4. But after that, we don't know what kind of tribute they may do for him or or decide not to put him in the movie. I don't know. Well, that's going to be an interesting moment in the theater. Yeah. Because it'll be a packed house. And if he comes on the screen, I'm expecting they better. If Marvel's smart and they do his cameo, they will have about a 10 or 15 second pause afterwards with no action because. He might get a standing ovation right in the theater. People are going to applaud or, you know, they're going to respond when they see him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know at the credits. I mean, before the credits, I'm positive we're going to see in loving memory of Stanley. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'll, I'm going to get choked up when that happens, I tell you. So, And I'm not even, I mean, I'm a comic book fan, but I'm not a huge fan. But uh, still, going to miss the guy, man. Loved him. Loved his, loved his characters. And uh, he's going to be missed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what else has been happening since we our last podcast? Uh, just getting ready for Thanksgiving. How about you? Same here. Same here. Got the plan, got the menu together now. In 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 my household, I do all the I cook practically the entire meal. So, um, uh, my wife will do a couple pies, 
But outside of that, I do the bird, the potatoes, the bread. I, I make the bread from scratch, the whole nine yards. And so, what time do you get up? Early. Yeah, my day will start about 6 a.m. because we eat an early meal. We eat around noon, one o'clock. And then we do that intentionally because the rest of the day is spent laying around watching football and going back for seconds and thirds. Digesting. <laughs> exactly, you know. So. Yeah, so I go up to family in Cleveland. Yeah. And I cheat. I pick up. I stop at Der Dutchman because they're open on Thanksgiving. Nice. And I pick up some sides, some good Amish sides. Oh, nice. So I don't cook, but I, I know where to pick hey. up the good stuff. Absolutely. But. We have a movie to talk about today. Why don't we just jump right in and uh, let's let's listen in a little bit of Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Your Vald, right? Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Let's listen in. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. Address. What's that? A safe house in Paris. Why would I need a safe house in Paris? Should things at some point go terribly wrong, it's good to have a place to go. You know, for a cup of tea. My brothers, my sisters, the clock is ticking faster. My dream, we who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Join me. Or die. The wizarding and non-wizarding worlds have been at peace for over a century. Grindelwald wants to see that peace destroyed. You want me to hunt him down? To kill him? Dumbledore, why can't you go? I cannot move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. You don't suffer from motion sickness, do you? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. Do you know why I admire you, Nick? You do not seek power. You simply ask, is the thing right? The time's coming when you're going to have to pick a side. No, I don't do sides. What are you going to do? I think it's something. Mute. You never met a monster you couldn't love. All right, we are back, and it's time to discuss the second Fantastic Beast movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald. If you've not seen the first, uh, it introduces some new characters, such as Newt Scamander, Tina, Jacob... Queenie, and in this one we get a young Dumbledore, and we get Johnny Depp playing. He was in the first one a little bit, but we get a lot more of his Grindelwald. Yep. So this is a continuation of the first story, and what did you think, Roger? Well, there are a lot of things that I really liked about this movie, and overall, just from an initial viewing, I'm a fan of the film. I do want to see it again, um, but it's not without some real um, patchy spots in it, you know? Um, but overall, I did like the film. Um, I thought Johnny Depp was great as, as Grindelwald. I, I was really on the fence until the third act of the film. And there's a couple scenes where he really brings it home and we see some quality acting from him. 
And so I liked I liked him in the role. Um, and I got to say, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander, I was kind of just, you know, okay, I could, you know, I was neither here nor there on him after uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <coughs> but I, his character's really grown on me. I really like his character. And I think there's a lot of potential to develop him even more uh, in the in the next couple of films. And so um, I think there's going to be five films total. That's the plan, yeah. And who knows, with Hollywood, it could end up being seven films. You just, you know, you just don't know with if they make money or not kind of a deal. But what'd you think? What'd you think, Adam? Uh, before we get into my take on it, uh, let's do a little bit of background to our relation sure. to Harry Potter. So yes. I've seen all the Harry Potter movies. Um, I've enjoyed them. I, I think they're fun movies. I, I can't say that I'm a Harry Potter fan in that I've not read the books. I've not really delved into any of the expanded universe or anything else. Right. And yeah. If the movies are on TV, I watch them, but I actually don't own them. Yeah. So I've seen them all in the theater, but that's kind of where I am at as a fan. So if there's any deeper references or fun character cameos or anything like that, they're probably over my head. Yeah. So for me, I'm 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 a much bigger fan, I would say, of the series. Not a huge crazy fan by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, there's a real family connection with Harry Potter for me because my kids are today, you know, I have one son graduated and my 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 middle son and and, and daughter are juniors and seniors in high school and they are avid readers mm -hmm. of all kinds of books and genres and stuff. And it's because of Harry Potter that they love to read. And so I got to experience that with them. We read it together, you know, and we talked about the books. And so um, I have a great nostalgia for the books. Um, I, I This will be sacrilege. I'm not necessarily convinced that some of them are the best writing material, literature that's out there. But they're fun. Yeah. Fun coming of age, good versus evil stories. You know, there's certainly a high watermark for young adult literature. Yes. Oh no, without a doubt. And and their sales and popularity, you know, speaks speaks for itself. So I come in as and and I thought the movies, um, my favorite of the eight movies is by far The Prisoner of Azkaban, um, just because I'm a, I'm a fan of the director. Um, but but the rest of them I thought were okay, good, serviceable, you know. And that's where it first takes a darker, more mature turn. Right. In that film, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like the films. Um, you know, so yeah, I guess I would. I guess I would say I'm a pretty big fan. But I think that works against me a little bit when it comes to Fantastic Beasts in this series, because. You know, the other eight films, we had this rich, well-thought-out, well-developed, very polished set of stories that we... And characters you care about. And characters we really cared about, uh, and, and we wanted to see them succeed. What we get with Fantastic Beasts, and this is this is my knock on the series, even though, now I'm going to... You heard me say it. I enjoyed this movie, and I like you know, the movie a lot. But my knock on this series is... It feels like we're just watching pieces of that world, ad adaptations of that world. Without, you know, it's just stories that are, you know, randomly put together for this world. That I don't really, I don't have a great investment because these are all adults. There's no young kids in this story, you know. So there's a whole different vibe that you get from these movies to begin with. Um, and it's all adults, and I I don't have the emotional investment in these adults that maybe 
I did with the kids in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, and that's my main knock on this one too. Is like I said, I, I in two movies in the Fantastic Beast series, I've not been drawn in yet. I don't feel any particular connection to these characters, and I'd go so far to say, if they all disintegrated like the end of Infinity War in this one, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't well, care one bit. Spoiler alert for Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you haven't seen Infinity War by tough, now, that's tough on you. luck. Exactly. But that's the thing is, I I just wouldn't care if no, they yeah. if they got rid of them all and it was just I like the young Dumbledore. Jude Law is good in this movie. I'd be more interested in that going forward, because, I mean, we were talking about this after the movie. Dan Fogler plays Jacob, who was the audience surrogate in the right. first movie. He's got nothing to do in this movie. Nothing to. There's no reason he's even. His in comic the film. relief isn't any good either. No. Yeah. No reason for him to be in the film, and you know. Thinking about now, we literally just came from a press screening of the film, you know, and so um, thinking about it, it's still very fresh in my mind. I still haven't fully developed thoughts about it, but even tonight, the times that I felt that real warm glow start to happen again is when they went to Hogwarts. Yeah, well, you know, and this is important to knock. I think the movie and the first one are both pretty ugly. Except for the Hogwarts stuff, but those sets are great. It has a nice look to it. Paris is, is the centerpiece of this movie, and it's just drab, just ugly background. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And there's something about going to Hogwarts. I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but we're going to be taken right into the classroom. You're going to see things that are familiar to you, yeah. and that kind of that warm feeling started to come back to me. Maybe what I really want is. The, the James and Lily Potter story with Severus Snape and the whole gang leading up to the creation of Voldemort. And I want that to be kids at Hogwarts again, you know. Well, and I mean, think about this. If they had made the first movie as a young Newt, young Lita Lestrange or any other students, Newt and his brother at Hogwarts, and we got to know them as kids and then later saw them as adults, we'd be more connected to the story. Yes, absolutely. Because these movies, in my opinion, have not given us a reason to really connect to any of these characters. And I think it's a real disservice to Catherine Waterston's Tina in this movie. You Uh, don't care where she is. You don't care if she's on screen. She's just so bland. She's just really nothing of a character in this film. Yeah, And and even Queenie Goldstein, uh, played by Alison Sodal, who was Dan, who was Jacob uh, Kowalski's or Dan Fogler's love interest? You know who he kind of uh, at the end of the other movie hooked up with at the end. She she just perpetuates kind of the ditzy, dumb, blonde stereotype. It's just bad. I mean, it's just and the character motivations are questionable. No, yeah, her motivation is completely questionable. So so there's some real patchy areas of this film, but there's just enough Hogwarts. And I'm telling you, Eddie Redmayne as Newt started to warm my heart. His love for these creatures started to kind of creep in a little bit. And so if his life was really threatened, maybe, I think I would really start to have some emotional investment. But he never really seemed to be in any danger whatsoever that I could feel. No No. tension there, you know. The plot is super half-baked on this movie. And it's even hard. We're just an hour out from seeing it. It's hard to even recall what happens in the first third because yeah. it's just juggling characters and locations. Yeah. Nothing's really happening. And if this were a book, from where it starts to where it ends with some revelations, this is half a book. 
I feel like the ending of this movie would be the midpoint of your typical story. No, you're, you're exactly novel. right. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. So, And, I mean, if you're looking for big action, it's not here. There's nothing super exciting. Um, the other movies had memorable moments. I don't think this film has any moments. And it's because the books had memorable moments. Yeah. You have time to develop those, you know. Um, I want to tell J.K. Rowling to just... Take a break and write books again. Write, create these stories, and then adapt them. You know, um, but why should she? She's richer than the queen. Why would she? You know, she don't need to write anymore. So I guess she's just kind of doing what what she wants. But even with all that said, I have to look at it. Eddie Redmayne is great. I think I I'd say not good, great in this film. Okay, Jude Law is really good, borderline great. Johnny Depp, really good, borderline borderline great in this film. So there's three or four performances that are really solid and, you know, a little bit of heartstrings with Hogwarts. That's enough for me to give it a pass and say, yes, go in the theater and see this movie. You probably wouldn't come down on that side. I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe you wouldn't, Adam. You know? I mean, I have to look. You know, if you're a fan of the series, you're going to see it regardless. And I think this movie is for the fans. This isn't a point you can just jump in. If you had never seen a Harry Potter Fantastic Beast, don't see this movie because it's not going to mean anything to it's you. It's going to be mean, a bunch of nonsense. It's going to be in bunch. I would agree totally. And you'd even be less engaged than I was during it. Yeah. Now, if you're a fan, you may, there's going to be things you may debate in here about characters. There's some new revelations. There's some new twists and turns. There's things to discuss. And I, I'm, I'm more curious to see what the fans think of this than I do because I'm just not in that circle. Right. So it's a movie for fans. I, I can't say if you're not familiar with the franchise, you should jump in here. Yeah, and it's just it's just so unmemorable. For I mean, I can barely remember it tonight, and even this week, I I had I thought maybe I should watch the first Fantastic Beast again. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And as we sat there, I, I have a hard time recalling what even happened in that movie. Whereas if you bring up any of the Harry Potters, I can remember the big moments in each film. Yeah. Doesn't matter which film, oh, I yeah. remember parts of it. Yes, Fantastic Beast is just a a, a blank in my mind. And I feel like it's going to be the same way next year. I barely remember it tonight. I'm not going to remember much of this thing when Fantastic Beast 3 comes out. I understand. I understand. That said, though, I am, I am, I am a fan. I, I, you know, I think there's more here. I, I'm going to take my kids and see it maybe, mm-hmm. you know, next yeah. week sometime. Uh, and I think I'll have a full, you know, when I sit down to write the review for the website and, and, and stuff, I think I'll have uh, a, a better grasp of how I actually feel about it. Um, yeah, and let me make it clear. I'm in the minority for tonight, so we saw it with two other people. Uh, both of them are fans of the series. Yeah. Um, your brother liked it. Yes, he did. And then uh, Nicole was gone with us before. She was a little more mixed on it, but she wants to see it again. Yeah. But she was mixed positive, I would say. Yeah. And there were a couple fans coming out of the yeah. theater. Oh, my God, can you believe X, Y, and Z, you know? And and so they, they were really into it. So, you know... Um, you know, I I think it's going to go over. I think I think it's better than the first one, but there's still some really patchy areas in in, in yeah, the. Yeah, I have a hard film. time saying that because I like I said I'd have to see the first one again, and just see them closer together. Well, I, I don't, it's in the same level for me as the first. For one. For me, we get a lot more nostalgia. We're back at Hogwarts for a more extended time. <coughs> Excuse me. So for me, the, just the nostalgia, the warm factor, some of those things. Uh, I think they flesh out Newt Scamander's character a little bit more. And so for just the, that fact, I put it ahead of the first film. And the reason I'm struggling with that, I think the first film was probably a better script. 
there's probably more going on because I mean this one if you if you pull on the strings and really think about anything you're just gonna hurt yourself because like I said the character motivations are, are just feel wrong and and there's just things that don't make much sense if you really think about them or, or try to figure out what Grindelwald's trying to do which again is a question even the name the crimes of Grindelwald you'll see yeah yeah I, I would challenge you to go see this film and when you come out ask yourself what were the crimes of Grindelwald involved in this film, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for Fantastic Beasts 2. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk to you about our coming attractions. Um, next week is Thanksgiving, so there will not be a podcast. But we have some some solid films, some big, some big films coming up in, in uh, December. So we'll talk about those. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. We'll be right back after the music. All right, and we're back, and this is our final segment of the podcast, our coming attractions segment. And so, uh, Adam, next week we is Thanksgiving, and so happy Thanksgiving, if I uh, haven't said so before. Enjoy the time with your family. Uh, but when we come back, the last week of November, do we have anything? What's coming up? What will we see to review? I think we've got Creed 2 coming up. We have Creed 2, Wreck-It Ralph 2. There's a lot of stuff coming out here yet this month. Yep, so we have Wreck-It Ralph, and we have Creed 2. That'll probably be our next podcast, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then w- what about December? What does it look like for us as we head into Christmas? Yeah, so we do have uh, likely award contender Vice with Christian Bale um, playing, Rum- not Rumsfeld, uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell is playing Rumsfeld in that movie. We have Aquaman, Mary Poppins Returns, Bumblebee. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Mortal Engines. There's a ton in December. Yes, and I'm looking forward to all of those, absolutely. It's going to be a fun December, my friend. All right, if if they want to get a hold of us and uh, reach out to us, how can they find us on the interwebs, Adam? The best place is always Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash filmcoterie. You'll see our page. Like us, follow us, and chat with us. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle. It is at filmcoterie, so you can find us on those platforms as well. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Film Coterie Podcast. Adam, have a happy Thanksgiving. You too, man. All right, and we'll see you after the break.